San Diego has entered the fifth month of the COVID-19 pandemic, and now we know more about some of the people who have died from this disease. Zip codes in National City, Chula Vista, and El Cajon have the majority of deaths. Epidemiologists believe this disparity in deaths is because of long-standing environmental factors that make minorities more susceptible to both catching COVID-19 and dying from it. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Lindsay Winkley, you're a part of the Watchdog team for the Union-Tribune, and after months of asking for it, we finally had this information where people died by zip code. Let's start with getting people up to speed. How did we get this information in the first place? Yeah, I mean, we just asked for it a lot, essentially. Um, we really wanted to take a look. I mean, I think that um, the the caseload by zip code information was so fascinating, and I think that it really helped us uh, visualize how certain communities in San Diego County were being impacted by this pandemic. Um, and so to kind of pie, you know, to kind of get a, a, sec- a secondary picture, we really wanted to see what this death data would look like if it was broken out in the same way. And so um, we just worked with the county and until we got it. And how has this COVID-19 situation changed in recent weeks? Because it seems like after a period of time where things appear to be getting better, things have changed. Yes. So recently we have seen um, a, a pretty steady increase in cases, which has also led to um, an increase, a little bit of it, an increase in hospitalizations. Um, we haven't seen much of an increase in deaths, thankfully. Um, but that being said, deaths lag. So um, I think what we're really seeing right now is uh, we are seeing COVID spreading through our community um, at a rate that we haven't seen it uh, since the pandemic began. Mm -hmm. And going back to where people have died, mostly in South Bay and El Cajon, what are some of the kind of 10,000 feet environmental factors that cause people who live in these locations to die more frequently than people who live in, let's say, North County? Yeah, I think when I spoke to doctors who have long kind of worked in South Bay communities, They just wanted to point out that a lot of the same factors that just make an an individual population group more likely to get sick or to suffer more long-term health consequences are the same factors that are feeding uh, some of the results that we're seeing from the pandemic, right? And these things, um, it's actually kind of a long name, but they're called uh, the uh, the social determinants of health. Uh, And what that means is essentially um, things like Poverty, access to education, access to nutrition, um, you know, barriers to accessing healthcare. Uh, that's particularly a salient issue in the South Bay, where individuals might not just have access to barriers of healthcare to or have these barriers to healthcare, but may also be nervous about their immigration status and how that might affect them kind of accessing health. And so all of these, this kind of like confluence of factors um, that swirl within communities. Um, is why we're seeing some of the disparities that we're seeing. Um, I think we've long known, even without this zip code data, we've long known that um, the Latino population in our county has been disproportionately impacted by the pandemic. We know that because they are experiencing the highest number of cases and the highest number of of deaths on a kind of a percentage scale. Um, But I think what this zip code data really did was it really kind of uh, shined a brighter light on the fact that these populations aren't just kind of bearing the brunt of this pandemic, but they're also suffering kind of disproportionately 
um, the deepest consequences. Mm-hmm. It's like all of these little things add up and it's when it comes to COVID, it's kind of like probability. And, you know, if you have underlying health conditions, you don't have access to health care and you're living in poverty, that's just upping your chances of getting it more and more and more. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think also, um, you know, something that should be said is we have a, a lot of essential workers. We have healthcare workers. We have individuals who are constantly being exposed to the community and in a particular, you know, in this pandemic with this virus, um, that's also something that's going to increase your chances of, of catching it. You know, and it should be noted, most people don't die of COVID-19, right? Um, gratefully, we have sort of a smaller population of individuals who end up losing their fight with this disease. Um, but I think that this is one of the ways of looking at, you know, one of the, one of the most uh, impactful consequences of this pandemic, and that is the loss of life. And that is centered on our South Bay communities. Mm-hmm. And when you spoke to health experts uh, after you reviewed the data, what was their kind of take on this? Did they kind of see this coming the moment when the pandemic started? I mean, yeah, they're not surprised, right? I think that this is something that health professionals have been having this conversation for a very long time. Um, I think health disparities are not a new thing. Um, They're not something that uh, just decided to show up during the pandemic. Um, So anybody who has been working in these communities and has been partnering with residents on accessing just better healthcare in general, um, I don't think was surprised at all to see these numbers because they're so familiar with these longstanding issues. Mm -hmm. And given that these health experts knew that this was going to happen the moment that COVID-19 came to our community, what was the strategy in the earlier parts of the pandemic to prevent it from getting worse in these locations? Because I imagine that was the first thought on their minds the moment that things shut down, but essential workers still had to work. Yeah, absolutely. So at the beginning, there was a big push for testing. Um, You know, there was a bit of criticism that the county hadn't done a good enough job in kind of spreading uh, testing locations out and centering them in on the communities that were, you know, that were likely to be most deeply impacted. Um, But that's pretty much, uh, you know, that's changed quite a bit. There's a lot of testing now, a lot of testing availability. Now, um, you know, you'll see a lot of healthcare officials transitioning to educating individuals about the importance of testing. You know, testing is such a huge tool in this fight against against this pandemic. Um, And it really helps individuals quickly identify people who have the disease so that we can stem the spread as much as possible. Um, And so there's just been a lot of communication on that front, ensuring people know that you have to get tested multiple times. You know, this is a diagnostic test that only tells you if you have it right now. That doesn't mean that you can go out into the public and not catch it literally the next day. Um, So, you know, that's an important fact for um, communities, especially who are just constantly um, working with the public. Um, I think there's also been a lot of um, education centered around the fact that this is free you can get free care, you know, and you are not going to be turned away because of any factor. Um, I think also just acknowledging the fact that um, there is fear among the, you know, the community that may have concerns over their immigration status, but that is not a reason um, that anybody would turn somebody away. Um, And it's also not information that would um, put you at risk. Um, So healthcare, healthcare, uh, officials are, are really, you know, that's that's kind of the focus right now. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, some of the death data was skewed because there was a number of nursing homes that were included as well. Why don't you explain those outbreaks? 
Yeah, so that's obviously, I mean, I think anybody who's been following the pandemic from the beginning uh, will recognize that we have had many outbreaks in congregate care facilities, which include locations like nursing homes. Um, and we were able to pull some of that data, kind of a separate data uh, source from the state. Um, so a number of skilled nursing homes have been reporting how many outbreaks or how many deaths they've had in connection with this pandemic to the state. We pulled that data and found that, um, I'm just gonna look over here for a second, but we found that especially in El Cajon, um, who mm -hmm. had some seriously high numbers, those numbers were greatly impacted by uh, several nursing homes that had experienced outbreaks that resulted in, in many deaths. We also saw that there were quite a number of nursing homes in National City, which had the highest number of nursing home deaths of all the zip codes. But when you're looking at Chula Vista, uh, San Ysidro, Otay Mesa, those communities didn't appear to report any deaths to the state from, from skilled nursing facilities at the very least. And so I think that that underscores how it's not one or the other. Um, we're not mm -hmm. just seeing nursing home deaths uh, complicate or, or feed kind of COVID-19 deaths. These disparities also are an important factor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it all seems to come back to the number of things that increase your chances. These people just happen to live in this geographic space. So it's like, you know, it's just bad luck in a, a terrible way if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, I do think that health officials will push back on the luck bit because I yeah. think one of the things that they're hoping is that, you know, this is a, this is an uncomfortable conversation to have in a large degree, right? Because mm -hmm. you're looking at a population of people that are uh, essentially suffering the worst consequences of a pandemic because of disparities that we can fix, right? This is not something that we don't have the power to change. And I think that that's one of the reasons why you see healthcare officials who are you know, willing to speak on this matter. Despite the fact that COVID-19 deaths are rare in kind of the grand scheme of things, I think people were willing to discuss it because it's worth pointing out that, hey, there are some, there are some inequities that we can do something about. Mm -hmm. And in covering the pandemic, given that there is a geographic element to this, do you feel that there's different attitudes to the virus depending on where people live in the county? Yes, absolutely. I would say that I would say that communities that have been deeply impacted by the pandemic certainly have a different view of um, the situation than somebody who's not necessarily surrounded by cases or deaths. I think that I think that sometimes um, when you have kind of this uh, this separation from the illness, it can be easy to, you know, if you don't know anybody who's died or if you don't know anybody who's gotten sick, um, mm -hmm. I think that it can be, uh, it, it's, it makes it easier to, uh, you know, to push against kind of some of these uh, more unfortunate situations. You know, I think, oh, well, why are we closing all of these businesses or why are we, you know, kind of taking these, these massive steps as, uh, as uh, public health officials in San Diego County have done since the beginning? Um, and I think that that can make it more difficult to see the need for those things if your community isn't impacted by it um, in the way that other communities are. Certainly. Lindsay Winkley, thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. In other news, San Diego County has joined many other California counties in a statewide re-upping of COVID-19 restrictions. Per capita infection rates were above the state thresholds for seven days, triggering the action from the state. 
Starting at midnight tonight, local restaurants, family entertainment locations such as bowling alleys and batting cages, wineries, movie theaters, zoos, and museums must cease all indoor activities. Businesses deemed essential, like grocery stores and medical offices, can continue with indoor operations. So far, daily numbers have not shown a significant surge, though some hospitals have seen recent increases in admissions that have increased the daily COVID census by about 100 patients. The county now has 17,000 confirmed cases and 387 deaths. Because of the delay in the reporting, health officials warned that the death toll will likely jump tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. If you're curious about how Greater San Diego is working toward building a new future after pandemic and protests, listen to the UT's Luis Cruz on Together San Diego. Every weekday afternoon, join in on conversations with activists, nonprofits, and companies who are finding out ways this moment can change San Diego for the better. Listen in on Facebook. For a guide to all of our live streaming programming, check out the schedule on uniontrib.com. Until next time.